The Nashville Predators have turned things around and have found a way to win consistently. The Philadelphia Flyers have surprised everybody by being competitive in the Metropolitan Division. And the LA Kings bounce back after a mini three-game losing streak. We've got all that and more on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On NHL your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Well, it is my pleasure to welcome to the Monday show my regular Friday co-host, Rachel Donner of Locked On Flyers, and a good time to be a Flyers fan, Rachel. It really is. It has been so much fun to watch this team. I think, you know, one of the the big things with this team right now is that they're playing with confidence. They have this resiliency that we have not seen from the Flyers uh, in a few years, I would say, where like they're just not letting losses get to them in a negative way that causes them to spiral. Whereas like last year's team, they would just get into these like just awful, awful stretches where nothing would go right and they couldn't get themselves out of it. Well, now they're just like, oh, that's fine. We'll move on. Next game. Let's go. Um. And I, th- you know, I think there's a lot to it. I think there's a lot they still need to work on. But all in all, it's been a fun uh, stretch of the season so far. Why do you think that attitude has changed? Is that on John Tortorella? Is it on the players? A little of both? Um, I would say a little of both. I think that uh, one of the things that's been working well for the Flyers this year is that uh, last season, I think they were playing Tortorella's full-on defensive style of play with blocking a ton of shots and, you know, just hunkering down and really didn't have as much freedom offensively to to try different things. And this year, there's really more of a hybrid approach where they're taking a ton of shots. Now, their shooting percentage is not great. And that's one of the things they need to work on uh, is, is their finish a little bit. But they're taking a ton of shots from different areas of the ice, showing different looks, being aggressive offensively, while at the same time still maintaining that defensive posture. They're still, you know, blocking shots. And I think they're smart about situationally, which games does it make more sense to emphasize one versus the other? I think the other big, big thing right now is the penalty kill. Um you know, we did a, a whole segment on today's show on Locked On Flyers about the stretch of games since they were the first team to lose to the San Jose Sharks, uh, which was a huge narrative. But you know what? It's It's been a, a big turning point for both teams, I would say, for the Sharks and for the Flyers. Um, the Flyers are 12-3-2 since that game. In In that stretch, they have the number one penalty kill in the NHL. And that's just been a tremendous help to the Flyers this season. 
yeah, the penalty kill ranked so high, and and yet the power play has struggled. Uh, what's going yeah. on? The special teams are half great and half problematic. I know it is really fascinating to watch because you know you almost want to wish for a penalty kill because Flyers have also scored a ton of shorthanded goals this season, um, which is something they started last season a little bit, but has gotten even better this year. Uh, Brad Shaw, the assistant coach, his power kill has worked out remarkably with the Flyers personnel. Might not have thought so, given you know Ivan Provorov is gone. And and all of that, but Travis Sanheim has stepped up on that front. Um, Cam York has stepped up on that front. So that's what's good. The power play just dreadful. I think that uh, there's a couple of things going on. So if you look at what I was talking about with the shooting percentage not being great, Flyers just aren't getting the right shots, and they're not as good at doing that thing that a, a lot of successful power plays do in cycling the puck to be able to create those opportunities. They're just not as good at, at doing that. And I think they need to maybe shuffle the personnel around a little bit and figure out what's going to make sense. Um, I think that they don't have a good, strong, permanent net front presence on this team either. So I think they've been rotating people through that way. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I also think the other thing going on here is that you know, you talk about a lot of success that a lot of these guys are having. The one guy that really is in a rut right now is Cam Atkinson, and he would be a huge part of a successful power play, right? Makes sense. <laughs> Makes sense. Goaltending has been really, really good. Uh, Carter Hart, as always, and yet, you know, against the Red Wings, a one nothing shutout win, and, you know, it's, it's not Carter Hart in goal, but it's Samuel Urson. So talk to me about the goaltending because statistically they're not that far apart. Right. So yeah, I think Carter Hart is having a really solid season. I think he struggled with some illnesses. You know, a lot of guys around the league have been out with, you know, flus or viruses or whatever is, is happening that I think the general population honestly is dealing with right now. It's just, you know, happening to the hockey players as well. Um, so you know, he's had like two bouts of this, whatever it is. But Sam Erson has absolutely stepped up here. Um, he's got a couple of shut of shootout wins. Um, he's got a couple of shutout wins and um, has really been um, just part of this tandem. That's That's been the backbone of, of this Flyers game. And I think that allows, especially in that aforementioned power kill, with both of these goalies, the Flyers feel really confident in taking those chances on the penalty kill because they know they have a really solid goaltender. Is it going to be a Vezina year for either one of them? No. But is it fantastic enough that the Flyers are doing that and taking those chances? Absolutely. And I think that's been a big part of it as well. Got to talk about Travis Konechny leading the team in goals with 16 and points with 25 what is the key to his success this year? Yeah, I think that's part of the overall confidence of the team right now in that he has been in the past more of a streaky player where he has like four or five really great games and then won't score for nine or 10. I think that's like part of this mentality where all of them are getting their moments and he's just not backing down. He has not had that 
downward stretch yet to kind of lose his confidence and feel snake bitten. Um, and he's a real leader on this team. And, you know, even when he's not scoring, um, he's making plays. He's always trying to make plays. He's on that power kill, um, which, you know, when he had started his career, if you told me Travis Konechny would be playing on the penalty kill, I would have laughed in your face. But he's been a huge part of it. And I think he's, you know, worked his way in there real nicely. And I, he's just a leader on this team. And he's leading by example. So. The Flyers are sort of ahead of where a lot of people thought they would be in this rebuilding process. How do you think the team approaches the rest of this season, the trade deadline, assuming they're still in the hunt? Yeah, I think it's really uh, interesting because, uh, you know, you look at our most recent opponent, the Detroit Red Wings, you look at them last season, right? where they were on the borderline, maybe could have made the playoffs um, really close to the trade deadline. Steve Eiserman makes the decision that I know we're close, but we got to think big picture here. And they were sellers at the trade deadline, right? I feel like the Flyers are going to be in a similar situation. Now, if they're solidly in the playoffs, that's one thing, but I don't think they're going to be buyers no matter what. I think they're just going to be more strategic sellers if they're in that borderline or maybe bottom of the playoff, you know, positioning. I think that it's just, they're very, very adamant that they know they're in a rebuild. Um, Danny Briere talked about it very recently, you know, in the past week that it's not going to change what their overarching plan is right now that they're really thrilled to see this success, but they want to be able to build on that and they're going to be smart about it. And I think that is the right way to approach it that I think, you know, they have Carter Hart contract negotiations to deal with coming up. Um, And I think that, you know, Travis Konechny, they have a potential to sell really, really high here, but do they want him to be part of the future? I think both of those questions are to be determined. Well, we shall see. I know you'll be there for the rest of the season, giving us all updates. Rachel, why don't you tell us where we can find the podcast, where we can find you and your co-host on social media? Yeah, of course, I do the Lockdown Flyer show with my brilliant co-host, Russ Cohen, who is a prospect expert as well. We are at Lockdown Flyers pretty much everywhere on social media these days. And uh, I am at our Miriam and Russ is at Sportsology. All right, Rachel, always a pleasure. And we'll see you on Friday. Yep. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. And Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They've got Killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, and their best price guarantee, so Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. My favorite feature on Game Time is that you can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And Game Time has tickets right up to the start of the event, and even an hour after it starts, it is the place to find last-minute tickets. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Just download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code 
L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-H-L for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Well, the Nashville Predators are one of the hottest teams in the NHL right now. And it's my pleasure to welcome back to the show the co-host of Locked On Predators, Ann Kimmel. And Ann, how is this team getting it done? This winning streak has uh, been great to see. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun to cover the Predators recently. And it's interesting, there are a lot of big factors that you can talk about that contribute to the Predators doing well. Philip Forsberg is absolutely playing out of his mind. UC Saros has gotten up to speed in net. But really the secret to the Predators' success lately is a bunch of little things. They're doing little things well in games and finding ways to win games. So while you can credit some players for having exceptional seasons, what it really comes down to is the team is executing on little details. What are some of those little details that they've picked up and done better? I think a lot of it has to do with becoming more comfortable with Andrew Brunette's system. I think their default is now playing the way he wants them to play, where earlier in the season, sometimes they would maybe fall back into old habits when momentum would shift in the game. So I think that's part of it. I think managing the game has gotten better. This team is quicker to rebound after a goal against. They're quicker to bounce back and kind of gain momentum after they've been put on the penalty kill. And I think it's little things like winning puck battles. You know, we've got some players who aren't big names necessarily in the NHL, but when they're on the ice, they're getting puck possessions. They're winning the battles. And it's those little keys in games that are really kind of changing the outcome for the Predators. So what is the biggest difference between the system this team had recently and Brunette's system that he's put in this year? A lot of it has to do with kind of pace of play. This is a Predators team that's playing a lot faster. They really want to score more in transition. They want to get up the ice quicker. They want to play north-south. They want to get pucks on net, where previously under John Hines and even under Peter Laviolette, this was a team that was content to be a little bit more patient and looking for kind of a grade A chance offensively. And they were very defensively minded. And that's not to say that Andrew Brunette wants the defense to slack off by any means, but they really are interested in generating a lot of offense and very focused on maintaining pep possession. So talk to me about Philip Forsberg, because he has been outstanding this season and he's leading the team in scoring. What has he been doing so well? Philip Forsberg is one of the players who I think is chronically overlooked in the NHL. Part of that comes from, you know, kind of being in a medium-sized market team. And the Predators haven't had a ton of postseason success. So he's flown under the radar. But Philip Forsberg is just an exceptional hockey player. And I think a couple things are really highlighting his skills this season. One is he has the full confidence of Barry Trotz. When Barry Trotz said, I'm going to kind of do a reset with this team, he was very clear that offensively, he was focused on kind of building things around Philip Forsberg. And that's a huge vote of confidence for a player like Forsberg. The other thing is Forsberg is playing on a line with two veterans, Ryan O'Reilly and Gus Nyquist. And those three together have developed such great chemistry. They read the game very quickly. They play the game a very similar way. And that has really led to their success. And honestly, part of it is Philip Forsberg is just an outrageously good hockey player. <laughs> Always helps to have that skill set. Uh, how about UC Soros? I mean, 
obviously there's an adjustment in style that probably makes things a little tougher in some ways for the goaltender. And yet he seems to still be coming through for this team. I always say you see Soros as a crock pot. He's not a microwave. He takes a little bit of time to warm up at the beginning of the season. That's just always sort of been a pattern with Soros. And I think this season was a little bit tricky. Like you said, you know, shots were coming from different angles. Shots were coming, you know, differently at uh, UC Soros because of the way the defense was adjusting and playing differently in front of him. But what you see now is what we like to call in Nashville vintage Soros. This is a guy who is going to steal games for you. He's going to probably face a lot of shots as the Predators continue to adjust to what they're doing is you know, as a, as a new system and, and with a different defense looking um, lineup, many games, but Saros really has gotten comfortable with this new system. And he's also just sort of hit his stride at the right time. So everything is kind of coming together right now for Saros. He is playing exceptionally well in net for the Preds. So we, we mentioned Forsberg and, and Soros, uh, Saros, but Give me a, a, an unsung hero for this team, someone who, you know, national fans may not be aware of, but who was quietly really contributing to the recent success of the Predators. One of the players who has been outstanding is Colton Sissons. And Colton Sissons is kind of a, an under-the-radar player, but he is a Swiss Army knife. He does everything really well. Uh, he can play center. He can play wing. He plays on the power play. He's now on the top power play unit for the National Predators. He can jump in on the penalty kill. This is a guy who is just getting things done. He's got two power play goals recently, but he scores at five on five. And he also is great at making line mates better. So he's been playing with somebody like Yakov Trenin, and now Yakov Trenin is heating up. So Colton Sissons is one of those names that you're not going to probably hear discussed a lot in the NHL, but he is uh, a third-line Ryan O'Reilly, I like to call him. He does a lot of things really, really well. So four-game winning streak, home game coming up against a tough Vancouver team. Yeah. What does this team need to do to keep being, I mean, they're not going to win the rest of their games, but to keep being consistently good and, and make a run at the playoffs. I think mindset is everything for this team. You know, they have been on a great tear. They've won 13 of their last 16 games. They're a very hot team in the NHL right now, but they're staying focused on the little things. They really aren't looking at the big picture. They're focused game to game. They're focused on shift to shift. And I think that's really helping them keep these results coming. They're not necessarily focused on the results, not to say that they aren't enjoying them in the locker room because they are. But they really are focused on improving the little things. And I think sort of staying focused on that, not getting caught up into the big picture, not getting caught up into the, hey, we want to keep a win streak going. I think that is actually going to be a key to success for this team down the line. As far as the big picture is concerned, I mean, they're probably a year or two ahead of where people thought they would be. How do you think this is affecting the team and management and has it changed their overall plan as far as how to, you know, maneuver with this team this season? I think it's been a pleasant surprise for everybody. You know, Barry Trotz was very wise when he kind of set out this team, when he made some additions and some subtractions in the off season, but he was very clear about we're excited. We want to play some exciting hockey, but 
he tempered expectations. Well, now the team has kind of exceeded those expectations. It will be interesting to see how the Predators' success affects the decisions they make this season, maybe at the trade deadline. This is a team that we've discovered has a lot of defensive depth. So that's one area where I think the Predators are going to kind of you're, you're going to want to keep an eye on what they do with their defense because they've had young players like Spencer Stasny and Mark Delgaizo have come up from Milwaukee and played excellent, shown that they're really ready for some NHL minutes. So the success that they're having, you may see some quicker adjustments as far as roster moves by the trade deadline. But I think they're really still focused on the long picture. They're still working to develop young players like Phil Tomasino and Luke Evangelista. So while it may mean they make a couple of moves early, I think they're still invested in developing, you know, two, three years down the road, down the road as well. All right. And why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? You can check out Locked on Predators online. We are on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. Of course, we are on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. And you can follow me on social media at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice. And always a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thanks, Gil. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. And the app is so easy to use. And there's a wide range of betting options like spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And it's not just the NFL. You've got the college bowl season coming up college basketball, the NBA, and you could even use your knowledge of the NFL on FanDuel. So check out all the latest odds. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show, the host of Locked On LA Kings, Eddie Garcia. And uh, Eddie, great to have you here. And Great for the Kings to end that little mini three-game losing streak. Yeah, great to be with you, Gil. I always appreciate it. Um, it was nice to see the Kings uh, get a win, especially in a game against Seattle that they really dominated five-on-five. Five. Uh, you know, uh, Seattle got a late power play opportunity, and give them credit, they took advantage of it to send it into overtime and then eventually a shootout. Uh, but the Kings were by far the better team in the end, ninth round of the shootout. Uh, they end up getting the victory, but uh, yeah, good to get uh, back on the winning track after their season-long three-game losing skid and back on the road where they've been so amazing this year. Yeah, I had to ask you about that. I mean, what, 11 straight, the first 11 games on the road, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, what is the secret to their success away from home right now? Yeah, it's. I mean, once it gets going, I assume, you know, just confidence plays a factor in it. But, you know, there's been a lot of questions as to why. And I guess the most reasonable explanation is, uh, you know, when you're at home, sometimes there's a tendency to want to uh, put on a show for the fans. Uh, maybe you do a little do things uh, not quite as simply or as basic as you might otherwise. And I, I guess on the road, it's, you know, keep it simple. Uh, you know, just pretty straightforward, uh, not looking to, you know, entertain the fans necessarily. Um, so that's, that's an explanation I've heard, which I guess makes as much sense as anything, but I think there's also just a bit of a factor that, 
you know, they, they started off well on the road and struggled a bit at home. Now they did take on some very good teams at home early. And then it just kind of gets into a, I don't know, momentum or confidence kind of thing, but they've been unbelievable on the road and okay at home. Now, how is it? I mean, this team was doing so well early and then you hit this three game losing streak. How did the team respond emotionally to, you know, starting to have this little slump? I think they were fine with it. I mean, you know, you never obviously want to lose multiple games, but um, there it was. It's not like they've been playing bad hockey. Um, they've got a couple of injury issues going on right now, which and they've been really healthy, which is a huge part of it, as you know, uh, something you obviously can't control. Um, they started the year. Victor Arvidsson is on long term injury reserve. He's still going to be out for months following back surgery, and he's a very important piece. But they haven't had him all year, and other than him. Uh, they've had the same lineup uh, almost the entire season. As a matter of fact, uh, their defenseman, Vladislav Gavrikov, uh, he's on injured reserve right now with an, after a knee-on-knee hit, which happened in a game against your Islanders. Um, but uh, they've had the same three defensive pairs, I think, for every game but one until that recently. So just things like that has been the, you know, this, the, the consistency, um, knowing who you're playing with um, almost every night. And for the forward lines, it's been pretty much the same as well. So a um, lot of health. Um, but I, I think I think overall, though, I don't think their confidence was shaken at all. It's just one of those, you know, every team goes through it. Even the top teams in the NHL are going to lose two, three games in a row at some point. But uh, it was good to see him kind of snapped out of that uh, with a hard-fought win. Uh, and we'll see where they go. That was the first, of, I believe, seven consecutive games against Pacific Division opponents. So, uh, an important little stretch for them right now as they start to take on some of their uh, in-division rivals. No no doubt. And got to ask you about Cam Talbot. He has been outstanding all season long. He's got to be a big reason for this team's strong start this season. Uh, without question. Um, I had a lot of confidence that he could come in and get the job done and that he could come in and be um, a better goaltender than the Kings had a season ago. Um, but I did not think he would be I mean, frankly, at this point in a Vesna discussion, and it's still very early, but I mean, if you, you know, all we can go on is what we've seen so far. And he's been one of the best goalies in the league. He's top three in save percentage and goals against average. He's been there pretty much all season. Um, so, and he's, you know, obviously getting the wins as well. So factor it all together. He's been one of the best goalies through 25, 26 games of the NHL season uh, for the Kings. So uh, he's been better than expected, but um yeah, I, I think, you know, he's healthy. Uh, a couple of years ago in Minnesota, he had a real good year. Um, you know, it wasn't very good last year in Ottawa. There were some health issues as, as well in that. Uh, and he wasn't playing behind a great team, with, to be honest. But now he's got a really good, consistent, uh, defensive-minded team in front of him. And he's also stepped up his game. So he's definitely been one of the biggest reasons why the Kings have done so well so far. Talk to me a little bit about Trevor Moore. I mean, not a household name nationally, but leading the team in goals scored, having a very strong start to the season. What What is the secret to his success? Uh, it's a great question, and he just looks more confident. Uh, and frankly, he's showing some skills that I wasn't sure he had. So, you know, he came over in a trade with Toronto for Jake Muzzin a few years back, um, and he looked like he was going to be just a really solid you know, third line player, um, but he's taken his game to another level. A couple of years ago, he had a career year. Last year, he had some injury issues, but this year, 
Uh, he's kind of come out of nowhere. He's never had a 20-goal season before. Right now, he's projected to be a 40-goal scorer. I don't know if he'll get that or not, but he's not scoring fluky goals. The goals he's scoring are skilled, great goals, um, accuracy, uh, the moves around the net. This isn't you know a guy who is getting skates off his leg and you know that kind of thing. He's he's earning his goals and they're highly skilled goals. So uh, I don't know if anyone thought he had this kind of a skill level, um, but maybe it's taken him a few years to kind of really get into his groove. But uh, he's been unbelievable and uh, another great goal uh, against Seattle. Um, so I I'm am I surprised with how well he's doing? Yes, but when I look at his game. And I analyze the goals he's scoring again. These are not flute goals. These are highly skilled goals. So we thought he'd be a really good player, but I mean, he's playing like a top line player at this point, which has obviously been great. Talk to me a little bit about Drew Doughty and Andre Kopitar. These are veterans who have won Stanley Cups in LA, and yet they're still contributing a lot to the success of this team. No, it's a great point. And, uh, you know, Andre Kopitar is starting to hit a lot of career milestones in franchise history. He got games played this year. He has most assists. He passed Marcel Dion uh, a couple of weeks back as far as career assists. So he's, he's, you know, really getting into that. I mean, I mean, I think he's going to be the greatest King in, in franchise history. If he's, he's certainly in the discussion. And when it's all said and done to me, there's no doubt he is. Um, and he's going to have a lot of the records to back that up. Um, but he's, you know, it's funny, you know, you, you kind of honor and they're honoring him like every other night for some milestone. And it's one of those things. Sometimes you see players get when they've kind of, you know, hung on for a long time and they've been fan favorites and that kind of thing. And maybe they're not quite what they were. That's not him. He's still, uh, he's tied for the team lead in scoring. Uh, he's, he scored a goal in the, uh, in the uh, Seattle, Seattle game as well. Um, he's getting it done on the power play. He just he's he's not close to being done, even though he's been around a long time. He's still playing at a very high level. Maybe with Patrice Bergeron out of the league now, he can win another Selkie trophy. But he's getting he's getting it done on both ends of the ice, centering the top line. And and yes, you're right. He and Drew Doughty have been there, done that. They definitely would love to get another chance out of another Stanley Cup before they say goodbye. But they're both still contributing. Drew Doughty is still playing a ton of minutes. He's still, you know, amongst the league leaders in time on ice uh, as he usually is. So they're both of them are not showing any, uh, any slowdown at this point, Dowdy quarterbacking the number one power play unit. So you're right. They're, they're the two old holdouts for sure on the team, but still playing at a very high level. All right, Eddie, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? Uh, you can just search locked on LA Kings. Make sure you do the LA Kings or you might get a basketball team that I've heard about here in California, but no locked on LA Kings on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Eddie, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks Gil. Well, locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24 seven streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on sports today is here for you 24 seven covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. I want to thank my guests. I want to thank Ann Kimmel of Locked On Predators, Rachel Donner of Locked On Flyers, and Eddie Garcia of Locked On LA Kings. 
uh, for joining me today and adding their insight. I want to thank everyone for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. Every dayers, we are here every Monday through Friday bringing you the biggest stories from and around the National Hockey League. I'm Gil Martin. I host the Monday edition of Locked On NHL, and I co-host the Friday edition along with Rachel Donner. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and thanks for listening to and watching the Locked On NHL podcast.